every now and then I like to start the show with a little diddly, a little tune. And my friend over here has had one hell of a Saturday. And I think it's only best that um, we give him a a good old chant, a good old diddly melody of a tune, Mm -hmm. a vinyl, a recording. And now it's time for me to deliver a set set tune. Um, uh-huh. it, it goes a little, a little, you know, a little something like this. <clears throat> Let me shit this ass <laughs> on ya. Show you how I feel. Let me take this out. <laughs> Why you watch me? First of all, this country ass twang and draw <laughs> you put on it. I just that mesh never change your eyes. I'll avert your eyes. I'll fuck it. <laughs> well, <sighs> Jesus. Uh, it's been a day. It's been a day. <laughs> now, um, welcome to. I'm not even gonna go down the list of things that y'all do wrong. <laughs> um, Have we exhausted it? Are we just done? We're, we're, for that, this week we're done. <laughs> um, I promise I'll yell at y'all next week. I'm a little fatigued myself. Mm. Um, this week I will be. Oh, child. Um, mm. Mm. I don't know who I am this week. I'm Amy Wilson's dick print. Wow, people. Wow. Um, this week I am chemo Californication. Girl, what? Mm-hmm. Welcome to Who Raised You Hoes. Who Raised You Hoes. Okay. Who Raised You we, we ask this question every week. Mm. Um, the, earlier today, 2020, my God. Just, I feel like the days for Pell's get. Can we wrap this up? <laughs> Like, I'm sick of this year. It is, this is, honest to God, the year, I promise you, and I don't exaggerate, this has to be the year from hell. Because every turn is something. Something new. Something new, something unimaginable, something unfathomable. First and foremost, I didn't think I'd be saying this this year, but I am. Um, first, earlier today, we got confirmation that Regis Philbin had passed away. Wow. Yeah, I and I, I grew up with him, you know. And it's just, it's sad. Yeah. It's just oh so sad. Rest in peace, we just feel it. Yeah, super host my shows now. Yeah, nobody. And if you think you about to say Ryan Seacrest, I'll kick you out of the Caucasian home. Um. Also, well, <clears throat> we can transition in because you know I want. You know what? Today's gonna be an episode. I just thought about that. I need to ask Marlon what his table topic was this week. Oh. <laughs> you sure didn't, but I got it together. I'll tell you that. Uh, you'll, you'll tell me that, mother. I'll tell you that. That mother floodbucker. Mm-hmm. Well, here we are. It's time to get in the scroll on, ladies and gentlemen, boys yes. and girls. And children of the land. I, I actually. I, I, I'm gonna make it brief. I'm gonna make it brief this week. Okay. I just I need a break from y'all. 
<laughs> um, first and foremost, congratulations is in order to Ciara. She finally dropped that load. Child, she was huge. She was pregnant forever. Yes, she was. And her son, um, her and Russell Wilson welcomed their second child together. Um, his name is Wynn Harrison. Wynn, W-I-N, Harrison. Which is very befitting, because you know, it's a win. You yeah. know, it's a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw she actually didn't wait, unlike she did when she was pregnant um, after she had Sienna. We didn't see Sienna until she was almost one. Mm-hmm. That when she showed him literally hours out of the one. I mean, she think you should. It's COVID nineteen. Ain't gonna see him nowhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Minus well. <laughs> well, speaking of COVID-19, um, Doja Cat revealed in a recent interview that she actually has contracted COVID-19. Really? Yes. She went on to a show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been all right. I stayed home. I got COVID. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know how this happens, but I guess I ordered something off the Postmates and so she said that um, the first four days that after she found out she contracted COVID-19, of course, there was a paranoia that went into effect. She said after the, f- the first four days, she was fine. But by the time most people get their test results, they're like more than halfway through actually quarantine. So by the time they come out from the 14 days, it's gone. It's really interesting. It's, it's really interesting, like, the, the progression and transition of it all now. Because, like, you think about it, when this shit first hit, people were, like, going through it. Yes. And I feel like there are more people now that are, like, I decided to go get tested, found out I had it, I'm actually doing okay. Or they have, like, one or two days, maybe even three, I've heard, random three nights that are, like, kind of rough. Uh-huh. And then after that, it kind of like melts out. Because most of the time, those are the people that are asymptomatic. So it just took, it was most at best look like a common cold. <sighs> we would hope. Go away. Go away, COVID 19. Go away. Okay. Damn. All right. That was very pointed. It is extremely pointed. I'm looking directly at her. Go away. Wherever you are. Shit. Um, so now that we have gotten the DMX versus Snoop Dogg versus out of the way. How did that go anyway? I didn't actually watch this one, even though they said that, um, of course, every time they do a versus, it's really just for the culture. So there is no winner or loser in Mm -hmm. the situation. It's just, it's for the culture. Right. So D was looking very healthy. Um, he didn't, they said he didn't, like, he wasn't sporadic the whole time. And it just was a good time. Snoop, of course, was being Snoop. But I think the best idea they had was to start having to be in the same location. Like, they started that with the Beanie Man battle. Which was lit. I heard the Beanie Man battle was battle. I caught a glimpse of that one. And I was like, why do you want to put him toward against a radio artist that has literally American success? Like, that to me, I'm like, he's crossed over into a different lane. Like, y'all sure y'all wanna do this? It's kinda embarrassing now. <laughs> so, following that in the comments on that live, um, Keisha Cole said Ashanti was good. So, 
Ashanti has actually accepted Keisha Cole's invite to do verses. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been made official as of yet. However, I think the question that everyone has in their mind is as far as hits, is it gonna work? Because technically, if you want to go on commercial success, Ashanti has more commercial success than Keisha Cole does. Don't get me wrong. Keisha Cole has saw her fair success, uh, success too, but if you're going off of a noted artist with a noted catalog with a noted pin game, mm-hmm. yeah. you're going to go with Ashanti. Yeah. Asha- I, listen, J. Yeah. Cole sold those vocals Ooh. more than once. Ooh. And you know, the thief that she is. Well, she sold vocals, you know, and Ashanti, the, I think she said, um, Jaru said she got paid a just uh, he said how much they gave her to you to keep her vocals on the track from the demo. And I'm like, wow. Oh wow. 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 Oh wow. So I was saying, me personally, the only person I could see going against Keisha Cole in verses is Monica. She's gonna lose. That's the only person I see her going against. <laughs> I feel like she's gonna lose for the shot. Well, I mean, so you see her going against Monica for like vibe, aesthetic, and that whole deal. Okay. Yes. Then yes, yes. I, can, I can vibe with that. They, the aesthetic is there, the appeal, the success, they're about the same. Right. So that's not to belittle Monica because well, her success is far and wide. Yes. More than Keisha Cole, but I understand what you said aesthetic-wise. Yes. Yeah. So, um, we're going to love to see it eventually in the near future. Um, Speaking of music, before we segue, yes. you know what's coming. Have you heard the single? What? By Miss Brandy Norman. <sighs> okay, we'll talk about it later. Okay, that's okay. This one's this one's if you've heard <laughs> My bitch is back. She took my other things. They said, come here. Here's a pen and a pen. We got writing to do. And guess what they did? That shit. I just, oh. I'm, oh, my heart is so full. Would rather be. I'm like, I'm ready for this album. I'm ready. Come on with it. I'm ready. The cover art is everything. I just want to yeah, listen, when people when I noted to people that that cover art looks like Stevie's cover for Hotter Than July, and people were looking like, I don't think it was that. I'm like, she may have been paying homage to Whitney, but that looked like Stevie. It really did. I'm like, it gave very Stevie Hotter Than July. The only thing that was missing was sun, sunglasses. Exactly. I'm like, if she would have did Hotter Than July, I'd be like, I am here for it. Right. <laughs> but, but, of course, my girl's being my girl, and I can't wait. Um, y'all, listen, I'm telling y'all right now, next weekend, my stand heart is going to be on the floor. I not only do we finally get close to 10 years later, a new Brandy album, the visual for Blackest Kings comes out on the same day. Then the following week, Victoria Monet gives us Jaguar. Bitch, I'm going to be unavailable. <laughs> I, don't, I want y'all to understand. I'm going to be unavailable. I'm going to be standing. You're gonna see the old me. You're gonna see that person that's gonna consistently post the screenshots. Remind you that your face ain't shit. Oh God. And walk away and say, unless they can do it like this, 
then maybe they need to have a seat. Retirement, please. Okay? Oh. SSI, out this bitch. Oh, no! Gotta go. My bitch is back. My face is back. Yours is irrelevant. Okay. Yours is not, not of importance. They need to be on a rocking chair on the porch somewhere. I digress, sir. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, here's where shit goes to the pits. So, this week, um, there was a bit of a, um, an episode that took place um, on the Twitter. And it revealed certain things, certain things um, that need to be brought to light now. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware, if you guys were there, if you guys were shaking your heads and just wondering why are we going through this again. Um, West Kardashian um, let out a series of tweets and one specified that he was in the process of trying to divorce um, his wife Kim Kardashian um, basically it was a bunch of tea that was spilled on the Kardashian side of things really? yeah and by the time I got around to it they were all taken down uh yeah, every I think they had them take everything down. But um it, I, I rarely give credit when due when it comes to those women. But um there was something that was said that needs to be read aloud. Um following this episode, um Mrs. West released a statement and I think it's very imperative that y'all listen to what she had to say. Mm-hmm. It goes as follows, and I will read the whole statement in its entirety. I understand Kanye is subject to criticism because he is a public figure, and his actions at times can cause strong emotion, opinions and emotions. He's a brilliant but complicated person who, on top of the pressures of being an artist and a black man, who experienced the painful loss of his mother and has dealt with pressure and isolation that has heightened his bipolar disorder. Those who are close to Kanye know, close with Kanye know his heart and understand his words sometimes do not align with his intentions. Living with bipolar disorder does not diminish or invalidate his dreams and his creative ideas. No matter how big or how big or unattainable they may feel it to some. This is part of his genius, and as we have all witnessed, many of his big dreams have come true. We, as a society, talk about giving grace to the issue of mental health as a whole. However, we should give it to the individuals who are living with it in times when they need it the most. I kindly ask the media and public to give us the compassion and empathy that is needed so that we can get through this. Thank you for those who have expressed concern for Kanye's well-being and for your understanding. With love and gratitude, Kim Kardashian West. Hmm. Well. 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 Um. So, 
With that being said, I have a rant. And it's not directed to Kim. Hmm. It's directed to y'all. Oh. Everyone loves to scream that Kanye needs help. They love to say it. They all say it. It's whole dissertations on Twitter about him going through mania. Let's be perfectly clear about something. What Ken said, if it went over your head, allow me to put it to you in simpler terms. When someone is in the middle of with a disorder of any mental capacity, I treat it as if, and this this is me personally speaking here, I treat it almost as similar to someone that goes through a drug addiction. At some point in time, you have to want the help for yourself if not, you're wasting your time. When you have someone who is of age with a mental disorder, you can force them into help all you like. It's gonna be ineffective. So, yes, Kanye is medicated. A lot of people forget this. He is medicated. But, like she just specified, he deals with his own set of trauma. It's heightened by y'all and these opinions that y'all had. I don't agree with this man trying to run for White House. I've said this on several occasions. It don't need to happen. No. We have learned our lessons with celebrities going into public office and we're still paying for those decisions for the past four years oh, at this point. We're still paying for y'all electing a celebrity as a president. But I say all that to say this. She said, and I quote, that people that live with disorder, that live with mental disorders, have to understand what she just said. Or if you know someone that has a mental disorder, you completely understood where she came from. Because what she said actually was very articulated, very well put together, and she released a fucking statement. So you can say and feel however you want about the Kardashians, but let's be perfectly clear about something. She said what needed to be said. If you ain't trying to help that man, leave him alone. I wonder what took her so long to say this. Because he d- decided to publicly not only say that he was trying to divorce Kim, he also dragged Chris into it. And then Black China actually chimed in and said that the leak said to believe him because Chris used to call her ghetto. I mean, these are facts. Facts that are true, but that's neither here nor there. Um. She lied. I'll stop the thing she lied. No, my thing is, I find it interesting that it wasn't until it had something to do with her family that she actually said something. Yeah, because she's more so private when it comes to his issues with mental health. Right, but like... I mean, I'm, I'm not a licensed professional. I say this all the time. But I'm seriously believe that Kanye might not have bipolar disorder. Kanye might be schizophrenic. I digress. I said I am not a mental health professional here, but this does not, to me, this this behavior, especially for someone that's medicated, does not scream bipolar disorder. I think this screams schizophrenia or borderline schizophrenia. Mm. But like I said, I digress. Um, moving along to lighter things. Well, no, I'm not done with my rant to you niggas yet. It's not over. Um, well, I'm gonna throw a little 
a little break in real fast. Um, congratulations, our order. Order. A certain person revealed something that I already kind of knew. I can't say how I knew, but I just knew. Mm-hmm. Um, Nika Mirage announced that she is pregnant. Oh, yeah. Um, congratulations. Congrats. Um, um, yeah, hopefully your, your child's father can actually be around your child. Um, I don't say that to... Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where is that thing? That, that thing. And I'm glad that thing is here. Because we're going to get into that thing as we segue into the next story. Okay. So, um, also this week, <sighs> Jesus Christ, makeup guru, Super Sense, um, announced that she is basically a single woman again. Uh, this tea is it's something it's something remember that thing that we just talked about with um, Kenneth Petty aka Kenneth Petty Mirage well apparently Lou almost was a victim to the same set of circumstances here Um, there came out a story a woman submitted this story to a blog and she said it. she submitted it on behalf of her friend because the guy is on some fuck shit and is hurting her feelings, breaking her heart treating her like shit, blah 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 so come to find out, dude that she's talking to, talking about just so happens to be Lou now, this girl used someone else's picture on her Instagram. The girl has gone on Twitter that they had the ad before, and she even made a video saying, I don't know who this guy is. I never spoke to him. Not to mention, I'm not a minor. I'm 22. I don't need to be associated with this because this has nothing to do with me. So, hold that, mic- hold that thought. The woman had a, had a recorded conversation between the alleged girl and Lou, where she told Lou that she was 17. Lou still entertained her after she admitted that she was 17. You are, sir, you are a whole 33-year-old man entertaining a minor. Then it gets worse. Allegedly, they're saying that Lou got her to fly from, I think they said the girls from Ohio, they got her to fly from Ohio to Miami. At the time when all this broke, Lou was in Miami. Now, Lou put out a statement, um, actually spoke to some, one of the journalists from the Shade Room, and he said that it's actually false. The two of them actually spoke when he was separated from um, Super, and that it's not that they did not have sex is not true. So my girl put out um, put up a statement. It started with a tweet because you know my girl love her, and she wants always do what she feels best. So she put she starts to rebuttal. To everything that's going on. I'm trying to find the original tweet that started because what she said afterwards just 
I, I just I, I stood up and I clapped when she said what she needed to say. The tweet is when she it finally got to her, or when she got light of what was going on, her tweet said as follows. True or false? I'm not about to stick around to find out. Deuce emoji. And then captured it on, on Instagram. Out of here. Deuce emoji. Then some people in the comments, she actually was commenting back to people. And one of the people wrote on her post, like, he really loves you. And she said, I really love me too. That's why I'm out. I need y'all to understand something. <laughs> Super don't play no games, all right? None. And the fact that what she said stuck with me. She said, you sat here. She was like, oh, but he didn't cheat. She said, it doesn't matter. He entertained it. Y'all don't understand something. Women are emotional cheaters. So they get where this is coming from. Women will, a woman will cheat on you emotionally with someone else before she gives a man her body. Men will just give the body because they don't care about the body. It takes a lot for them to emotionally cheat on you. A lot. Because that means they have to focus not just on you, but the person that they, uh, the other person that they're with too. They don't know how, they can't function with both the body and the, the body and the emotions. If you get one or the other, you're not getting both. So for her, whether it physically happened or not, like she said, he entertained it. I can't respect it. At the end of the day, they have a child together. If you follow Super the way I follow the way I follow Super for years, after she gave birth to their daughter, that woman lived in a hospital. Yes, she did for a long time. A long time she lived in the damn hospital. So to sit here and they separated before. And they got back like a few months ago. And for this to happen, it's just like, all right, nah, that's, that's it. it. Just, it's all right, friend. Let it out. Why you gotta do something like that? Number one, she just, she's such an amazing person. Like the compassion, the drive, Outside of her, the, the, the business mogul that she is, just, I've always been inspired by Super just by the way she grinds and the way she gives back to her tribe. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and then, I just don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. After all that she's been through, like, and she rode with you. Rode. Like, hard. Rode. Like, we rode. I just, I don't get the words. I don't get it. I don't understand, bro. Mind you, you got people now in the comments shoot. They shot. Look. Shooting. Baby. She got a rapper in her comments talking about what's up. A, ra- a no rapper in her comments. I'll tell y'all something. You step in the super, you better step correct. And she really ain't in no space to be entertaining none of you motherfuckers right now. She really ain't, because she's still hurting. Yeah. Like, the, for you to sit here, for people to sit here and bask in that and glow and find joy what? in her pain, it's y'all like. some trash ass motherfuckers. And then y'all wonder why y'all can't find nobody. And what are you hating on her for anyway? Like, and she even said it. She said y'all say like even a blog that exposed all this. She kind of put them out there too. Yeah. She said y'all are sitting here taking joy in the fact that I just lost 
a portion of my family thanks to this. Like one, like one fourth of my family is now gone. Like he's out of the like as far as the family portion, he's out of the picture at this point. And not to mention because of the fact that she has a daughter, it's like, did you not think? Did you want someone to do this to your kid? Your baby girl that you love so much. So much. So, child. And I'm going to close out, scroll on, with I think a real rant that y'all not ready for. And I've been holding this rant in for the longest, but it's time for y'all to really hear what I have to say. And it goes a little something like this. If you find the fucking Megan Stallion jokes and memes any bit of hilarious, I will unfollow and motherfucking block you. Why is it that this woman cannot recover from a traumatic experience that she recently went through because y'all don't know how to respect and protect black women? Y'all claim to love black women. Y'all chant Black Lives Matter, but you cannot protect a black woman to save your life. To save your fucking life. Chrissy Teigen, you are not funny, Miss Man. That tacky ass joke that you tried to tell on Meg and then got overly sensitive because people called you to fuck out on it to the point where you locked your fucking Twitter and go and get upset. No, because it was not funny, especially due to the fact that you have black children. Drea, you went through a domestic violence situation at one point, and you're sitting here making a joke about Megan? Is that shit funny to you? When y'all making jokes when y'all was sitting here screaming hot girl summer last year, pouring douce down people's throats? With your tongue out screaming, ah, were you? Was it funny to you then? So it should not be funny to you right now. You cannot sit here and want to protect black women if you find a joke from their pain. When Malcolm X said the most disrespected person in America is a black woman, when he said the most underprotected person in America is a black woman, woman, excuse me, and the most, what does he say? Protected, neglected, underappreciated black woman and y'all continue to let this statement be true Hmm. on that note I'm done with you niggas I'm done we're going to take a break I'm going to finish this train and we're going to come back with Thread ASAP (laughs) you know um, while we're refilling our cups I I, I genuinely forth with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I can let it out. You can do it. Come on. I can do Come it. On. Yes, you can do it. What am I trying to say here? I don't know. <laughs> you what don't are know? you trying to say? What? I haven't talked to you since Y'all better send some goddamn listening letters. What is the problem? We know y'all listening. We see we, the numbers. We, we know you're out there. Y'all out there somewhere. We know you're out there. So listen. My numbers are so Oh, uh, listen. All you gotta do. <laughs> 
All you gotta do. All <laughs> social media pro- platforms. Facebook, IG, Twitter. Yes, and then, then we have an actual email set up. <laughs> yes, yes. So WRYH Podcast on all social media platforms. And then, and then, if and you want to send an email. Yes, God. Send an email. Send I don't like crying to y'all. Send an email. Give them the email. At WRYH Podcast at gmail.com. Once again, it is ask WRYH Podcast at gmail.com. Listen. So what is your excuse? I mean, what, what's the problem? You ain't got none. The smartphone is in your hand right now. Y'all got problems. We got answers. So, send in your listener letters, questions, comments, concerns. Let us know how you feel in the show. Maybe it's something you want us to talk about. But you got to send it in. If we don't talk to you, we won't know. That's right. I'm tired of crying. I'm tired. My, yes. My, I'm tired of handing him tissue. Y'all stressing me out. You. Just you? Y'all stressing Lonnie out, too. Uh, clearly, he's cr- clearly, he's crying. He won't fight with me today. But anyway, yes. Yeah. Make sure you make that happen. And he can, uh, he can leave. Let's get back to the show. <laughs> he can leave for real, y'all. You writing? I'm ready. And we're back. We were back the whole time you were sitting trying to get your life in order. Um. Oh, Lord. <clears throat> oh, Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome you to the thread. Yes. And, um. It smells like. It smells like. Potpourri. Up in here. This thread we are gonna call Who Raised You Hoes? Oh hell. After dark. Oh hell. <laughs> we are unconventionally recording close to the witching hour. It's after nine o'clock. And I thought what better way to celebrate such recording yes. than an after dark segment. Oh Lord, Jesus! But not just any regular after dark. We ain't talking about no freaky shit. What? What kind of shit is that? This after dark is actually directed to the things that we think about in the solitude of our rooms when no one else is around. Things that we think about on our own, things that we don't share with everyone. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is Who Raised You Hoes After Dark. His name is Marlon Green today. That's right. An ode to Lenny Green. If mm-hmm. you're from the Tri-State area, you know that name. <laughs> All right, so I got 10 questions when I run through them. Oh, uh, hell. So, uh, are you ready? No, but I'm gonna get ready now. You better get ready. This is mad, this is mad invasive. I'm gonna just say it now. So, first question. Uh huh. What did you want to be when you were younger? I wanted to be a cop. <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> Elaborate, darling. Let's get into this. The funny part is, my mother tells the story all the time. Mm-hmm. We were driving in the car. I was a good five at the time. Okay. And I was like, Mommy. Why is it like I was like, why does he have um, his pants hanging down? And she was like, I don't know. She said, when I become older, I'm gonna be a cop so I can take my gun and shoot them in the butt so they can put their pants up. <laughs> I have no reason 
to lie about this. Oh my and god. And this story has been told to me a million times. That is funny. That is very funny. Marlon, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a scientist. I can see it. I can't anymore. Like I think about it back then, I was like, what was I going through? I think that I was I was fascinated with like science fairs, science projects, stuff like that. Sidebar, remember that meme uh, for the intro of the Parkers when Monique was coming out of steps and then say when we used to walk into the Scholastic Buffet? Hello! I was like, if you are a real OG, you remember the Scholastic Book Fair. Because that was my shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, fun times. So yeah, I wanted to be a scientist. Um, okay. So, question number two. Okay. How often do you think about your own mortality? And when you do, what are your thoughts? Child, this is a therapy session. I don't like this. Raise your hoes after dark. This is a therapy session, y'all, and I'm gonna scrap this. I'm gonna scrap it. I'm like, I'm not now. Um, as far as my, my mortality, I think we all try not to think about it every day, but we do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think we think about it every day. I think about it every day. Um, and just I don't know. I guess when you start thinking about one day I'll be gone, mm-hmm. it's like you don't want to admit out loud that in your head you prepped for certain deaths. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to admit that out loud that you mentally prepared for certain things. And I'm here to tell you, you can mentally prepare for the loss of someone. It will not match. Like it will not come anywhere close to when it actually happens. Because when it actually happens. This is no longer just you preparing for it. This is it actually happened and how am I going to act? How am I going to react? What am I going to do? How am I gonna get my emotions through like through all of this? But I don't know, it's just especially when you're intuitive with your emotions and or if you're an empath, it upsets the hell out of you when you think about your mortality. It's like don't have to think about that because all of a sudden it's gonna make me it's gonna bring me into a sad place. A bitch might start crying, thinking about how she might die. You just never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't think about it often, but when I do think about it, it's kind of scary. Only because I have a third eye is really strong. And over the course of my life, I think that one of my great aunts um, that passed when I was at eight. Um, I was really close to her. And when she passed, not long after she passed, she visited me and my friends. And it freaked me out. But since then, I've had this really weird ability to know when someone's going to pass. And seeing it before it happens, and then watching it come to fruition. So, my one of the things that scared me the most is I would hate to see how it's going to happen to me, and know that it's coming, and not be able to do anything about it. Yay! So, yeah, I I used to be really afraid of dying. 
but my faith has taught me that it's part of everyone's journey. Um, it's inevitable, we can't get around it. So we have to like come to grips with it and become at peace with it. Right. Um, and understand that it's all a part of the process, which further should further push you to live your life to the fullest. Um, and do the best that you possibly can while you're here because you can't go anywhere. I'm gonna add a mental note for a question. I'm gonna see if it's in your line of questions. Race here. Next question. What were your favorite childhood snacks? So I really need to answer this question. Go into it. It's two things. If you know me, you know these are still two of my favorite snacks to this day. Number one, two snacks. <laughs> uh huh. Number two, honey buns. I love the. Now listen, if you're a real fatty patty like me, honey. Okay, I'm gonna tell you how to change your life. I'm telling you how to change your life because we real people that love honey buns. We don't do that lost it, that lost white uh, frosting one. Oh, that shit is disgusting. First of all, Paul, time out flat. You like do not disrespect the iced honey bun. We are not going there. Yes, we are. We're not. No, 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 no. You are not disrespect my iced honey bun. It's not about you. It's about me right now. And if you're a real OG honey bun lover like myself, I'll put you on game. It may sound a little fat. I don't really care, but you're gonna love me after I tell you to do this. Now you take a good old, so like the old fashioned honey buns, I think they were like 50 cents back in the day. The old fashioned honey bun, bitch, I'm gonna tell you, right? You open that wrapper just a little bit, right? I'm gonna mm. tell you what to do. Mm. Open the microwave. Uh-huh. Put that bitch on 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Take it out and eat that shit. Tell me how good it was because nothing is good better than a warm honey bun. Like it was fresh out the damn oven. Bitch, it is amazing. Now he right. But he just missing the ice. Because I am <laughs> from the school of the ice honey buns. I don't do that glaze shit. Mm. Not enough. But either way, whether you're on the glazed side or the icing side, all you need is 10 hot seconds. 10, that's it. If you go over 10, you fucked up. You done fucked up. It's a wrap. You're going to pull it out, you're going to take it out of the wrap, but you're going to get hard in five seconds, you're going to be real upset. 10 seconds, that's, that's it. it. If you're a real bad bitch, get you an ice cold glass of milk. Ice cold pop. Now, it may sound really, 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 really sugary. But I promise you, it is heaven. I don't have it often. But let me tell you something. <laughs> when I do. Oh wait, before you go any further, what is one snack that is that you love to have when you're stressed out? You're having a bad day, nothing is going right, and this one food can bring a smile on your face when you just want to punch a wall. That's a good question, because I'm a fat bitch. It's a lot of shit that falls into that category. It's one thing in particular that's the weight of my heart. I might hug you. Give me yours. I'm still thinking. I've had a bad day. Oh, Jesus, a bad It's been a bad day. If you know me, then you know where I'm going with this. All you need to do, yes, Lord, 
is give me a three pack of Reese Cups and put that shit in the fucking freezer. I promise you, I will. I'll cry and hug you at the same time. Like, I know I love chocolate and I love, love, love peanut butter. I'm like, oh, oh my god, they love me for real. They love me. But if you bring me an oatmeal cream bitch from little Deborah herself, and it don't have to be the big one, it could be the small one. Give me the regular one. Uh huh. Trust me. I want, listen, I'm speaking to my future man. Let you bring me. Some Reese's cups <laughs> or oatmeal pie. I promise you, I will drink it. <laughs> I will drink it. Oh my god! Put that with a smile on. Oh my god! Oh, my favorite childhood snacks. I was a snacky motherfucker when I was a kid. And my favorites, because back in my days. You get your old milk cream pie for 25 cents. You get your small bag of chips for 12 cents. So if you send me to the store for $5, oh, I'm coming back with hella shit. Hella shit. First of all, there are always two old milk cream pies in the mix. Because first, little Debbie, I love you, girl. Okay? You was the only white woman I ever loved in my whole life. Two oatmeal cream pies, two Swiss rolls. Okay. I can't have those with the pecan and the container. Swiss rolls is chocolate and cream. You know what? Continue. I'm thinking cinnamon. Two brownies, two little Debbie brownies. Okay. And then, if you really want to get me lit, two chocolate chip cookie cream pies. Debbie knows how to do it. Then, I needed two quarter bags of flavor Hot Cheetos. Keep ratchet. Two quarter bags of Funyuns. On a real good day, you can give me two regular bags of Ruffles chips. And I need two quarter juices, and I was lit. So, and we'll smash it all. Do you hear me? My mama know it, it. Anybody that knows me in the fall, leave me a sweet potato pie just for me. Nobody else gets it. <laughs> If this going home with me, uh-huh. and I'm willing to bet you, it's gonna last all two days. Two? Just two. That's it. That's it. No more. Don't let a bitch. I just told y'all how to warm up a damn honey bun. <laughs> Imagine me with sweet potato pie. Baby. A warm sweet potato pie. Mm-hmm. Uh uh. That's God. All right. All right.
What's a habit you have and only execute when no one is watching? I'm a paster. Uh, I paste. I paste. Um, it's like my it's a nervous thing of mine. I paste. So if something's on my mind, I'm gonna paste. Um, I try to dance around it if it's on my mind, but nine times out of ten, if I'm thinking about it and it's to the point where I can't take anymore, I'm pacing. Oh, pacing. Pacing. Got gotcha. you. I thought you were saying pacing. Oh no 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 no! I ain't nobody pulling out no Elmer's glue. I'm like pace. No, I pace. I back and forth. Pacing. Okay. I'm a nail biter, but I don't mind biting my nails in front of people. What I don't do in front of everybody. Is bite my nails and pick my teeth with You never done that with me. No, because I don't do it in front of people. It's fine. Um, <laughs> don't worry, I'm gonna get you the um, the Britney nail polish. Wait, put that shit on my nails. So that way when you bite, it's spicy. Mm-hmm. To try and stop no, I don't need her. I'm not gonna do it. I'm, gonna I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna get it to you. No. Your birthday's coming. It's gonna sit. Your birthday's coming up. It's gonna sit. Your birthday is going on two and months from now. It's gonna sit. Your birthday's in two months. In the cabinet. So, don't worry. I, don't worry. I have my conversation with my child Eek. and have him put it on. A mythical creature you identify with. And why? A unicorn. Oh God. Um, cause I'm a sweet, you know, a very patient, majestical creature. Oh. Unicorn. <laughs> I'm a unicorn. Um. Hmm. I don't this is what this answer is going to intrigue me. I ain't gonna hold nobody to it. I think that if I had to identify with a mythical creature, let's make sure everything right. Yeah, I was right. Um, it would have to be a sphinx. Why? Um, because the space embodies several animals that I identify with already. Wings of an eagle, body of a lion, head of a human. Um, and there's so much grace that comes with that creature, so much strength that comes with that creature. Um, it's a beautiful creature also. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I thought you were about to say a dragon. I'm like, can we please be more original? No. <laughs> no. Not a dragon. That's It's today said. I thought I was like, can we do something a little more original? Mm-hmm. Tell us a memory you revisit often of someone you miss the most. Jesus Christ. I know the answer to this. I'm gonna think about it. So I spoke, I just named, I dealt in my Aries, and I dealt with my Aries back in my early 20s, and 
I revisit I think I revisited this pod just knew I was demisexual. Um, it's because I crave that connection that I had with him and I know not to say I'll never have that connection with another person ever again. Um one night we were at his house and drinking and we were watching the episode of the Bulldogs. And at the end of this episode of the Bulldogs, they played this song by a line called Rock and Roll Gangster. And that night, like, he started singing it to me. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why you were drunk? And in the midst of that, he ends up turning on music and we end up slow dancing in the house. And it's just like, I never felt that connected with another guy ever again like that. And it's, even though I know he passed away a few years ago, it's still a memory I visit very often. And Frank Ocean is no fucking help when I think of self control. Like, I can't stand you for this fucking song, you bastard. <laughs> like, uh, fucking bastard. Um. Favorite memory, I revisit often someone on the smokes. Okay, so one of my very dear friends, his name is Troy. Uh-huh. He passed away in like 2014. Okay, so um, Troy was many things. Awesome person. But a memory I go back to the most with him is we were at his house drunk one night listening to music, acting stupid. Uh-huh. And I don't know, I think one of our other friends was there and he was dancing in the middle of the floor and he was like doing high kicks in the floor. <laughs> and Charles was like, how do y'all do that? How do y'all do that shit? That is crazy. Roger Gaines like, bitch, it's nothing. Let me show you. Cringe. <laughs> I got the first one off really easy. Lord, the second one. But that second one, I kicked up, and my body went with it. And I smacked his hardwood floor so hard. <laughs> He said, oh, bitch, are you dead? You all right? <laughs> oh, my ears were ringing for like five seconds, but we laughed so <laughs> hard. I always go back to that because those are the like times, like times like that with him were always amazing because we were always doing like silly, goofy shit. But it reminds me of the love and the camaraderie that we had. Yeah, and it makes me every day. So, yes. All right, a drink you crave before bed. <laughs> so I have to answer this question. Yes, you do. Sweet red spiked with the rock. <laughs> yes. I usually crave water before bed. I tried. I can't. First thing in the morning. At one point in my life, which I need to start getting back to, I would literally drink an entire bottle of water before I start my day. Now, yeah. now, 
I'm a cold. I don't care what y'all hoes say. I'm a cold water drinker. It got to be ice cold. I'm this. Hello. Y'all talk about some. Um, it can't. Real water drinkers don't drink cold water. Well, fuck you, bitch. It got to be ice fucking cold. I'm this. Bitch. Make my like literally put a chill in my teeth. Don't give a damn. And guess what? It was muck good out this beach. Hello. <laughs> Um, yeah, I usually crave water before bed. I try not to drink water before bed because it makes me have to get up early or in the middle of the night to pee. But usually water before bed. Alright, um, uh, what do you fear most? Mmm. Woo! Um,. It used to be death, but I think I fear now more than ever. I fear losing a parent. Okay. Um, my parents luckily are not up there in age just yet. My parents are in their mid fifties, but not to say let's take away from my friends that have lost a parent, but that's just a pain. Like if it's anything similar to what I felt when I lost a major part of my childhood. Right. When she, when my, when my godmother's mom passed, that's the pain I'm not ready to go through another time. Right. Any time soon. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, the thing that I fear the most is not having a legacy to leave behind. So you want to be a daddy? I mean, not even so much a daddy, but just because I do want to be a father. But there is to leave this earth and not have my mark left on it in any shape, form, or fashion is very scary. I want something, some part of me to live on when I'm gone. Mm-hmm. If I don't have that, I, I would feel like an internal thing. I would Alright, we have two more. I still got my one that I have in the back of my mind. Tell us your wildest non-sexual fantasy. Marlon knows I am a creative in my head and I think a million thoughts all the time and let alone things that I want to do. And my wildest thought is to create another black gay sitcom. Mm. Like a lot like Noah's Art beats uh, girlfriends have matched up with Living Single. Yes. Now, that is something, or, you know, just sprinkle a little bit of essence of insecure, but make it gay. And I, that's a wild fantasy of mine. It's just, I want and I crave to see us portrayed in the light and our true selves on film again. And we rarely get that now. And it's just, uh, by the way, and not sidebar, because I've been on my binge shit as of late. I have not binged a show in less than a week in so long. But I binge watch for two days David Makes Man on, from, um, it was on OWN. One of the writers from Moonlight, um, actually created the show and the executive producer is Michael B. Jordan and Oprah. When I say literally one of the best shows I've seen in a long time, 
like dramas that I've seen in a long time, it would be David Mace Man, and it's shot so beautifully. The cinematography is just phenomenal. It's such a great story, and it's just so many layers, and I loved it. And my God, I can't wait for season two. Fuck you, Rona. I need season two. That was so good. The funny part was I got Aaliyah to watch it, and Aaliyah was like, oh my God, this is good. I was like, I tried to tell you it was amazing. Mm. I'm like, it is good. If you have not, luckily, they've added it to HBO Max. Okay. The first season. If you have not watched David Mace Man, please do yourself a favor. It's such a good show. And before we move on, if you are not watching the side of the season, you are really doing yourself a disjustice. This season is fucking phenomenal. Continue. I, I stand black greatness. I stand it. I may overhype it, but let me tell you something. These two, nah. Fucking phenomenal. Continue. <laughs> Oh gosh, uh, my wildest non-sexual fantasy is to have my own nonprofit organization that serves LGBTQ um, youth. Yes. Particularly my black and brown LGBTQ youth. Um, it would have um, its own schooling system. It would also have housing safe housing mm-hmm. for homeless LGBTQ, um, all the resources that they would need to not only survive and thrive in this world, mm-hmm. but also give them the tools to be the next leader of society. I love it. And last one. Something you wish you were taught in your youth that you didn't learn until later. How to more. Now, a lot of people may look at me and what I just said as something that is just crazy because no one can teach me how to more. Mm. When you go through, people handle death in their own separate set of ways. Mm. And it really is something that you don't know how to feel. It's a different type of emotion because you're sad and you don't, like, you know why you're sad, but you can't control when you get sad or when this person comes to mind again and just realize and comes to the realization they're gone. We are not taught that as kids, like, as children, how to properly mourn or that it's okay to feel how you feel. So I would have to say, I wish we learned how to mourn. Hmm. Um... I wish I was taught financial literacy. Me too. <laughs> I really do. I feel like... I don't want to do this adult thing anymore. It's just fucking ghetto. I didn't ask for this. It is trash. I didn't ask for this. Beyond trash. I did not ask for this. Underneath trash. It is landfill trash. Burning trash. Trash flames. Oh my gosh. Like, it's terrible. But I, it, I feel like we do a disservice to our youth by not teaching them financial literacy because there are so many things that I could see that I would have done a lot better that would make adulting suck so fucking much if I would have known how to handle my money. (laughs) You know, like, there's a lot, there's a lot of layers that go into that. It's probably a whole nother show, but yeah, I feel like if I had financial literacy, 
You did ask a question, and I'm going to ask it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, if you did not know, I make it perfectly known that I am an empath, and so is Marlon. Mm -hmm. So, one of the things that most empaths go through is something that we like to call deja vu. Mm -hmm. Now, this actually isn't just an empath thing, but our level of empath, when you have deja vu, is... It could be, it could be almost like psych of like a psychic vision, almost. Very that's right about it. And it's and nine times of, it happens randomly. Yes. Like does. I had deja vu last night. So my question is, how often do you experience deja vu, and when? It is always random. Um. I would say in a year's time, I usually have deja vu at least seven to eight times a year. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it could be more, sometimes it could be less, but on average, about seven to eight times a year. I just had a serious case of deja vu last week, and about twice last week. What was the most accurate deja vu? All of them have been accurate. No, like almost like you saw what was going to happen, Deja Vu. Yeah. So, do you want to hear a crazy story before we move on to those? Sure. So, the first time I had Deja Vu, I don't think it was Deja Vu. I think I had a psychic vision. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I was in middle school, and my um, my best friend from childhood, the child to Shawnee. Shawnee lived in an apartment complex behind me with her dad. Okay. And she, like, always did something. So, this particular night, I had a dream. Mm -hmm. And the dream felt real. Like, I had a dream that my friend did not come to school. I did not know why. And I called... And her father answered the phone. And I said, "Hey, um, how you doing, um, Miss Leon? Can I speak to Chantel?" He's like, "She can't talk. She's on punishment." So I go to I go to pick her up to walk her to school because we would walk together. She, like I said, she was behind me. Our school was literally walking distance. It was about it was literally less than a mile from the house. So I told her, I said, "You're gonna go on punishment, so." And she's like, what? I said, you're about to go on punishment soon. She's like, how soon? I can't, I don't know how soon, but I know it's coming. A week later, my deja vu came to fruition to the scene. And she's like, how did you know? I'm like, I cannot explain that to you. Just know that I know. She always actually said that, you still have those visions? I'm like, yeah, but not as accurate or potent. Like, right. deja vu, a lot of people don't know, deja vu is, it can be the smallest thing and it brings a deja vu. You're getting on the bus and you look at the angle of the door in a certain way. Deja vu. Yeah. You've been on this road, you're listening to a song, and guess what? Deja vu. Like, yeah. the fuck? Like, it's that simple for it to happen. <laughs> but that was the most accurate case I've ever had of it. And it's, like, since it's only happened one time afterwards, but it was not as accurate as that one. Yeah. It's like crazy. 
Alright, well, <laughs> this has been WRYH After Dark. We hope that you all have enjoyed your time with us. We are going to bring this to a close. Thank you so much. We hope that everyone has a wonderful night. Before we bid you all adieu, we would like to give you some mental health tips to take with you along the way. Mommy, what you got for Let's just call him Marlon Green this episode. <laughs> I promise you, I'm going to go on YouTube and look up a Lady Green video. I'm like, this is this is this WLS After Dark. This is your host, Lady Green. <laughs> oh God. Um, mental health tip for the week. Um, mental health tip for the week. Yeah. Um. Mine is gonna be a little simplistic this week. Uh-huh. It's two simple instructions. Y'all ready for it? Let's go. Drink water, mind your damn business. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's it. That's Mind your damn business. Um, for me. Cut COVID out of your diet at least twice a week. And what I mean by that is we... COVID-19 is literally life right now. It has been since March. You can't help it. You can't get away from it. I feel like a lot of us now... I forgot who I was talking to since they were talking to the doctor. And the doctor was like... At this point, we've all had it. Pretty much. You know, it was like, at this point, everybody's had it. Everybody's going to get it at some point. Like, I, I know that a lot of us are running around like chickens with our heads cut off, worrying, like, at every turn, trying to avoid, maneuver, strategically, like... There are people that literally did not avoid it outside contact and everything and still contracted COVID-19. Yeah, like... It just, it's crazy. Like, so I, 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 I challenge you to take two times out of the week where you just don't even like, fuck COVID. Don't think about it. Don't worry about it. Stop driving yourselves crazy because it will drive you crazy. I, I, I think about people that have literally stayed the fuck in their house for the last like three to four months. And I'm like, y'all, I commend you, but goddamn, like, I can't do it. It's I can't, and that's intense. And and I know that it has done some really hard damage to people's psyche. Like, shit, what the fuck? So, yeah, be good to yourself and cut her out of your diet at least twice a day. Moving forward, please do, please, please. I would, I'm going to close on a song that I should have opened with now that I think about it and not give it a second thought. What the hell? Because um, I have people that grew up on the East Coast, like myself, I have a little diddly mm-hmm. that I want to sing as we close out. And it's a little, it a little, <clears throat> a little something like this. <clears throat> 
You can be as good as the best of them then as bad as the worst. But don't test me. Get money, gotta move over. Get money. You can be as good as the best of them and as bad as the worst. But don't test me. Get money, gotta move over. Get money. With that being said. <laughs> You know what? <laughs> Bye, y'all. We gotta go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>